Hey there, Frank, the editor, stepping in real quick just to tell you two things. First off, in this episode, Sarah's microphone is definitely not the quality we would normally expect. We had a little bit of a technical issue. I fixed it as much as I can, but it's obviously not as good as it should be. Um, we fixed it on, for future episodes. <laughs> it's just this one's a little bit rough. Second thing. The entire network, Geek Freaks Network, is doing a really big giveaway this month. If you send us a picture of your review for any one of our podcasts, yes, including Disney Moms Gone Wrong, you could be entered into win one of three shirts. Now, it could either be one of the new shirts we just put out or one of our old shirts, including a couple of our Disney Moms Gone Wrong shirts. So just send either the Geek Freaks Twitter or Instagram account a picture of your review or send it to the Disney Moms Gone Wrong accounts and you'll be entered to win one of those great shirts. We're going to announce the winner on the 31st. So Good luck, and I hope you guys enjoy this show. All right, guys. Welcome back to Disney Moms Gone Wrong. How, whoop, whoop. how are you doing today, Sarah? I'm doing well. Today was my last day at my job, and oh my I'm on to another position, and I'm so excited and nervous and all of the emotions. Like, I am literal inside out right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're inside out outside <laughs> <laughs> i am the reality tv version of inside out right now because All it's just emotions. me <laughs> oh my goodness how are you miss susan i'm doing good i'm hanging in there you know hashtag mom life <laughs> i'm sleep de- deprived but caffeinated so it's okay <laughs> yeah i think like this morning, I woke up at like three something and I had a cup of coffee. And then by like 4.45, I had my second cup of coffee. Mm. And in total, I think I've I had three to four cups of coffee today. Uh, see, like, and my husband wakes up pretty early to get ready for his day because he starts work at five, I think. So he's up by like 3.30. Um Sometimes, not all the time, because I'm not that good of a wife, I'll wake up with him and, you know, like make his coffee, make him a little breakfast, pack his lunch kind of thing. Uh, but we meal we meal prep in this house. So I, I'm not like, you know, cooking at like three o'clock in the morning. It's like pulling, pulling cold food out of the fridge. <laughs> You're like, here, let me pop this Jimmy Deans in for you. And yes. I will hit the microwave buttons because that's what we're doing. That is called love, my friends. <laughs> that is love because I can tell you, Eddie gets out of bed. I don't care what he's doing. I'm still there. Like, <laughs> you're on your own, buddy. This is the, like, Hunger Games tribute. We're not, I'm not helping you. Within, I'm not like, helping you. Do <laughs> 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 you? So after Jonathan will leave, I will usually just kind of stay up and work on whatever I'm going to work. Usually I'll do some type of like morning uh, journaling and I'll sit outside on my little deck area that Jonathan created or built for us. Um, But yeah, it's been, I've been waking up at four o'clock with him and uh, it's been rough. I like that's need a, a midday nap. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true love. Like you're doing the thing with him. Nope. <sighs> Okay. Okay. So like true love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're waking up at four, send him or send it before waking up with him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not but in see, like house. if you ask him, I don't wake up with him because I don't get up when he gets like in the shower getting ready. Like, no, no, I wake up once he's like out of the shower dressed. Like that's my cue to get up. Yeah, <laughs> you you a big boy. You can wash yourself. I don't need to assist you with that part. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> so before we proceed, give us the rundown on where the other to our per- like the trifecta yeah where is the tip of our triangle I know. the top notch lady our, our sassy voice because i feel like i don't feel like i'm sassy like i can be like kind of like office funny you know like the office the tv show <laughs> like very dry yes. sense of humor uh but diana i love her sense of humor anyways mm-hmm. she is on our honeymoon she is in the big mouse house uh, she Ooh. went to Disney World. I'm so jealous. Have you seen her pictures that she's been posting? Yes. I, I'm i honestly thinking about deleting her. Like temporarily or like Just temporary like, block. I don't I, want that in my life right now. <laughs> I think it's like on Facebook where you can do like a temporary like hide post <laughs> of a specific person. I'm about to do that. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to see you getting on, you know, the Toy Story ride or like Ratatouille rides. Like I, I don't need to see that. <laughs> Yeah, like, that negativity in my life. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like, first of all, you looked amazing. You had your best life. You got married. You found your Prince Charming. And now you're living your best damn life in Walt Disney World. And honestly, I feel like that's an assault and a personal attack on us. <laughs> as bit. her Disney mom gone wrongs in this triangle that I've now dubbed us. Like... <laughs> She went without us. And, like, Paul's cool and all. Like, love Paul, big props. But what about us? Like, it's not... It's not Disney Diana and Paul gone wrong. It's no, that Disney doesn't even rhyme. No, it's no. See how I had to stumble over it because it's so hard no. to say. It's there's it's no fluidity there. None. So, no, no, no. Yeah, so um, it's a personal attack, and okay. honestly, we're gonna discuss this at the next board meeting, <laughs> where I'm probably gonna get written up again. But it's okay. It's all yeah. for a cause. Hashtag save Sarah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So that's where that's where Diana is at. She is in living her best life in yes. Walt Disney World right now. So very jealous, but it's also very well deserved. I oh, guess. A hundred percent. She looked like I would I would say she looked better than a Disney princess. Like she was a oh, Disney yes. queen. Yes. Her a wedding dress queen. was gorgeous. Her wedding dress was just like mind blowing. I I sh- I think I'd seen it once before the wedding because she was like showing like her most intimate, you know, like friends and family mm-hmm. in the picture. I think you were there. I don't remember. But um, it was like night and day from what I seen to what was what was she wearing like on her wedding day. She looked gorgeous. The beating was so beautiful. And like the sil- the silhouette yes. like, was just a beautiful if it hurt. Oh, she looked stunning. So it was a great <laughs> wedding. Um, I do wish it was us up at the altar. Like when she did the sand ceremony, I was like, mm. okay, so when do we do one for us? Yes. But like, I don't know if someone missed that in the program. I don't know. So we're, again, we're putting that on discussion at the board meeting. Got it. Um, but we'll take yeah, <laughs> it was a fantastic wedding and she deserves to be living her very best life. So we miss you. And 
honestly, I, I hope to uh, be doing her proud this episode. Yeah. Because I feel like mom and dad are letting us have free range here. <laughs> and you're like the older sister. And then I'm the younger sister who's like, yeah, let's party. And then you're like, no, Sarah, we have a topic to yes, discuss. Yes. Focus, Sarah, focus. We can't yeah. get in trouble. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. And you know what? Like, I know she is so sad that she can't be on this episode because it's mm-hmm. such a good movie. We are talking about Pocahontas, a real like throwback Disney movie. And let me tell you, to you know, as we review movies, you know, we kind of like watch movies maybe once or twice. I legit watched Pocahontas about like 10 times as I'm like reviewing <laughs> and taking notes. And I like just, and the thing was like, I would get so lost in the movie that I would stop taking notes or I would stop like, you know, like doing what I was supposed to be doing and be like, ah, fuck. And I have to like rewind and rewatch and (laughs) John Smith, please don't die. I love you too. (laughs) I think it's so funny that like, and maybe you did this intentionally when you were like interviewing potential husbands, you were like, I can only marry a John. Yes. AKA if your last name's Smith, like, Bonus points, but <laughs> with how much you love the movie, you married your John. Oh my gosh. And you know what the funny thing is? Jonathan will tell you that he married his Pocahontas. And I'm like, I'm not Native American. I am Hispanic, <laughs> which is like a mixture of things, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like his little Pocahontas Conchita. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Kind of, sort of, not really. <laughs> they might have a, they might have a, a, a Latina like Pocahontas. It's okay. Yeah, kind. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> History just hasn't gotten there yet. It's yes. fine. Okay, so I feel like we need to say this before we kind of dive more deeper into our topic. Um, but obviously, Pocahontas is a movie that is based off of Native Americans and colonists and whatnot. We want to make this very clear to our listeners. We are not trying to make this movie. We're not comparing this movie to like actual history, right? Like we're just judging this movie based off of the storyline that Disney has created. So I don't want our words to come out as like culturally insensitive in any way, shape or form, because those are not our intentions by any means. No. Um. So like as we're reviewing the movie, Like I said, we're solely reviewing what was in the movie, not because we know Pocahontas was a real person. So we're not we're not doing that. We're not we're not trying to be culturally insensitive is what I'm trying to say. Well, and we also don't want to take away from the historical truth of it. And we are not historians by any means. We want to stick to what we actually know, see, hear and are focused on. And that's the movie. And we don't want to diminish any part of what actually happened historically to her. Definitely. That's a better way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope mom and dad are so proud. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Pocahontas. Okay. Let's just do first reactions. Tell me. I told you what I, my first reaction. I watched it 10 times. That's my first reaction. (laughs) What was your first reaction? Okay, so I love Pocahontas, and I think one of my newer takeaways from it is, like, it's a fairly serious movie. Oh, yeah. You do have the side of, like, 
Split and Miko and like Percy and that kind of is like the comedic relief, but there's yes. fairly minimal within the movie itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, damn, I'm not really giggling as much as like I normally would throughout a Disney yeah. movie. So I think that was like a new awakening or more a new awareness yeah. that I experienced. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree. And as I've, as I rewatched it several times, uh, I'll go through it. And I feel like there were maybe two different points that Pocahontas was really trying to discover within her, her self-identity, I guess. Um, but okay. Sorry. Let me backtrack. Pocahontas has a couple of memorable voices. I know down two, because those are honestly the only two that I recognized. Um, John Smith um, is Mel Gibson. So I had no weird. idea. I had no idea. <laughs> Wait, you had no idea until you no. like, just, oh. And I love this movie. I don't know why I never saw his face with his voice. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, And the other one is Thomas. You know, like yes. the, the awkward kid. He's uh, Christian Bale, Batman from uh, yep. <laughs> Dark Dark Knight or Dark something. Like the be- the before Ben Affleck Batmans. Yes, yes. Which is a segue into listen to Geek Freaks. They just talked about Bad Affleck or I don't know. Eddie stumbled over that too. So Frank's <laughs> going to like that. There's my plug for my husband. You know. You know. Diana, she met, she. Sh- sent us a couple of her like yes. thoughts or whatever or not whatever but you know her thoughts about the movie <laughs> <laughs> so strike strike no. against with mom uh sorry I should have had I, i'm ready. pulling it up right oh my phone's loading but yeah i thought it was so funny that it was christian bell as well because it was like wait a tick like such a I think because now we know Christian Bell for what he is, not 1995 Christian Bell when he was probably like a lower actor who, you know, is just probably trying to get whatever roles. Excuse me if I'm wrong about his like previous roles. But yeah, I was like, oh, OK, then, Christian. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that Batman was in this movie, though. Um, Thomas is the one that kills Cocoa. So I don't know how I feel about that. Anyways. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. You like Cocoam? Well, um, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I don't like Cocoam for Pocahontas. Because Pocahontas, like, just flat out was like, no, thank you. Okay, okay. Um, but I do think he was, like, your typical, like, macho man, like, you know, warrior that would, you know die for his not country yeah country um but i don't know i didn't think he i didn't think he deserved to die i mean (gasps) i don't think anyone deserves to die but like coco um he he was just like he wouldn't listen to reason which was like foreshadowing john smith's death like if you guys don't listen we gonna kill our boy johnny over here like Coco was, I'm not a fan. Oh, okay, I okay. wasn't sad. 
hold on, hold on, hold on. If you guys could see Susie's body language just completely changed right there. I struck a nerve. Go for it. Ah, oh, no, no, no. Okay. So before we dive into the whole Coco thing, I kind of want to just back up and kind of set the scene for okay. our listeners. Those of you who have not watched Pocahontas, which I really hope you have seen it because it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off in London, right? And it starts yes. off with like an opening song. I don't know. I don't know what the title of the song is, but it's like the English are like singing about how it's going to be their new adventure is for king and country and there's glory and blah 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 and all these like people are like kissing their wives and children and all these manly men are getting onto mm-hmm. this boat and then you see john smith not kissing goodbye to no one not even his mama and he like <gasps> swings on from a rope like tarzan and lands on a cannon and hops on the boat and it's like that moment right there just kind of shows you like what type of like bachelor-like, single, you know, hottie this guy is. Yeah, he just, he probably left the brothel. (laughs) And, like, he probably had to, like, swing from a rope and jump on the cannon because down at the bottom where you enter the ship, they were probably doing, like, HIV or something testing down there that he got STDs from the brothel. That he just left. So he didn't, like, he couldn't kiss that many girls because it was like, you gotta kiss the whole damn brothel. Yeah. It was probably, like, 15 chicks. (sighs) So, (laughs) um, so it shows that he's, like, you know, a leader-type personality. And the other guys are, like, super excited. They're like, John Smith, you're coming. Oh, my gosh, it's so cool. Bro trip. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) to like to like this new land and like john smith is like boasting or whatever about how he's discovered you know a hundred different land or countries or whatever and that there's not going to be anything different because of these um or that he's not afraid of any type of like savages is what he describes these people and um and he doesn't expect anything new out of this well little does he know Mm -hmm. this world's about to be rocked (laughs) yes by beautiful Tall, dark, gorgeous. Like, that hair alone. Oh, the hairography hair. was yes. just... I've never wanted to have, like, princess hair more. And honestly, like, the best part is, like, it sticks straight. The whole, like... Yeah! There's yeah. no curls. She didn't use her Dyson Air Wrap. Like, <laughs> none of that was involved in the making of it. Like, she just went natural. And it was gorgeous. So when they introduce Pocahontas, it's the op- like the opening scene of it is where the the tribe is coming back from like a war that they had mm. with like another tribe or whatever. And they're like, you know, chanting their victory and, and they have beautiful music. And that's one of the things that I love about this movie. They have such good music. And it's not yes. like Toy Story where like one or two songs are good or like Lion King where like you're singing Hakuna Matata the entire movie. It's like, no, like every song that is being played in this movie, I know it by heart. And I could play it. I, I could sing it outside of the movie. Go. <laughs> and Diana might <gasps> fight me for this, but... <laughs> she, she's not here to defend it. <laughs> So they're chanting and they have like this beautiful like drumming and music going on and they're celebrating their their uh, victory. 
And then it's like, where's Pocahontas? The chief is like, where's my daughter? And then it's like, you know, screen screen shifts to like Pocahontas on top of a cliff. And then like her Mm -hmm. famous like dive into the it's it's like a lake, right? Like like river kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that just kind of shows you like what kind of personality she has and like who she is. It's like bravery. Yeah, like fearless. And so Miko and Flit are like standing right behind her. And Flit's like, fuck that. Miko's like, let's go. <laughs> Flit is, or Miko is the ultimate ride or die. He's like, he, hey, ball out. Give me some food. Like, what are we eating when we get there? Yes. What are we eating? Like, do we have road snacks? <laughs> Can we get more snacks? And let's just do it. Whereas Flit's like, hey, I got to watch my hummingbird figure and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that scene where she's where she jumps into the lake because her friend, um, Nicole, I forget. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Her best friend. Nicoma? Yeah, yeah. Nicoma. Uh, she like tells her like, come on, you got to go. Like people are calling for you. Your dad's looking for you. And she's like just very lighthearted, very like, I don't know, like. I don't want to say childish because she's not childish. She's just very like lighthearted and yeah, she's like playing with her and she's like, we're not kids, you know, like try to like tell her to, you know, grow up or whatever. And Pocahontas is just, like spits water in her face or whatever. Nakoma was trying way too hard with those like Flintstone-esque pearl necklace thing that <laughs> yes! she got going on. Yes! Like she was, she was giving the pick me girl vibes. Yeah. That I'm trying too hard, but yes, like look at me with my like beautiful slicked back bun. I got a fresh set. Like pick Curtain me, Coco Pick me. You wouldn't have died if you didn't fall for that hoe over the like. Poco. She's not even that good. No, like Pocahontas. She don't even shave her legs. Like what? Her best friends are her raccoon and a hummingbird you want that in your house coco because you know those hummingbird feathers is gonna get in your food that she's gonna make you later so that kind of ties into my question um which character of the movie do you think best represents you oh um see there's for me there's two answers one okay. is I want, like, I think, I think I'm like Pocahontas. Like, I think I'm free-spirited. Like, I think I'm all about, like, you know, choosing the the path less traveled and trying new things. But, like, in reality, I'm the best friend. Like, I'm a type A personality. I need my list. I you need my are. calendar. You are. But I try. <laughs> so, but, like... Each person has, I mean, I would like as well, like to say, I would like to be Pocahontas, like carefree, really just like courageous and brave and whatever. I, I would like to think that maybe prior to having children, maybe I could have been like, yeah, I'm a little closer to that. But now I'm feeling more villain vibes and I'm probably Lord. Oh, what's his name? Radcliffe? The governor. Yeah, Ratcliffe. Okay, so this is what I've heard about Radcliffe. And I don't know, maybe our listeners can kind of leave a comment or review about this episode. But out of all of the Disney villains, Radcliffe is like salt. Like it's, he's like not even that evil compared to like other Disney villains. Like he's not even, 
they don't consider him like a real Disney villain. They don't. It wasn't. I mean, honestly, I I agree with you. I think he's just angry. Like, yeah. he's just greedy. He's like, hey, I got to provide for those peeps back in like London because he probably knocked some chicks up at the brothel that John was just at. And like, <laughs> but, you know, like the whole thing, why he's like taking all these men and the ship to another land is because he promised his boss gold. He promised the king gold. So like, just like hashtag save Sarah, it's like hashtag (laughs) save Radcliffe. (laughs) Save save Radcliffe. Because he just tried, like, he's like, hey, I'm going, listen, queenie girl, because you know, probably queen of England, right? Yeah. At that time, it could have been king, but I'm going for, you know, our queens out there. Um, Queen, Liz, let, let me break this down for you. Lizzie. It was Yeah. Liz Dog. I'm going to go out there. Like, no, no, no. You stay here, right? You 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 help. You rule this land over here. I'm going to go out there for us, babe. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go find us some new land, okay? And um, she was like, why, yes, Radcliffe, you go. And so, but, like, she probably was like, don't disappoint me. And he's living with that in his mind. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I want a Radcliffe origin story. <laughs> uh, I mean, you kind of get it in the second Pocahontas movie, but I'm going to tell you right now, we don't talk about Pocahontas 2 because okay, that movie doesn't I exist. I watched the second one, but not. it's been like years upon years, <laughs> so I didn't realize we actually did get that. I just remember John up and left Pocahontas. But again, we're not talking about that one, but I do know she followed his ass to mm. England. They got... Oh, I'm clapping into the microphone. Sorry, boss. Uh, damn it. This is going on my review. Uh, <laughs> Claps into the microphone. <laughs> hashtag save Sarah. Oh, uh, gosh. She it's- followed him to England. And then he's like, I'm going to catch the next bo- like boat out here. The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. Like, I'm out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So anyways, I don't want to get into the number two because it makes me so mad. It like destroys like the whole story of the first Pocahontas. Like it destroys Pocahontas as a character and John Smith, it like demolishes him. Like it just races him off the map. Like yeah, just, he, it erases him. Um, so, so. He's no longer John. Okay. So Pocahontas is confronted by her dad and he's like, yo, Pocahontas. Uh, I got a man for you and it's Kokoan. And everyone is like goo goo gaga over this guy. And she's like, ew, like, no, thank you. He's too serious. Like, don't you see I'm like a free spirited bird or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then like the dad just tries to like really like, I don't want to say gaslight, but kind of gaslights her until like, you know, gaslight her. He's like, well, you know, someday the the river has to meet or the river has to become calm or something like that. Like some type of analogy about like how he you have to settle down. said, bitch, <laughs> give me some grandbabies. Yeah. With that like, Cocoa man there. Yeah. And, it was just and they like, better be boys because I'm killing all the girls. Like that's what he said. I think the best part of that scene was how like the analogy had to do with the water and how the water had, you know, eventually becomes a calm river. Right. And then that automatically jumps into the song where it's like the just around the river bend. I think that's what the song is called. Just around the river bend beyond the dome. 
But literally, like, the first line of that song is, uh, the first thing that I like about water is that you can't step in the same water twice. And I'm like, fucking mind blown. Yes, that's so true. Can <laughs> <laughs> you just see us all as, like, when it came out in 95, like, you, you were, like, three, I was four. Right? And then, yeah. like... We're sitting there and like we're just like woke. Like that was the beginning of woke culture. Yes, right there. Yes. Like <laughs> we can't. Mom! Mom, we can't see. <laughs> we cannot step in the same river twice. No, no. <laughs> and that is how woke culture began. And that entire song, I love just around the river bit. The lyrics of it. I mean, again, I love all of the Pocahontas songs because, I don't know, it's just part of my uh, person who I'm, I am. I am with you a thousand percent. <laughs> love that song. Um, But I love at the end of that song where she's like at, you know, the split of the river. And it's like, you know, she says in her song, am I supposed to marry Cocoaum? Has all my dreaming, like, is all my dreaming at an end? And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, she's at a, like, at a life <laughs> moment where she, like, needs this to decide. right now. Yeah. And I, like, I can't remember this as a kid. Like, just mm-hmm. being so, like, oh, my gosh, what is she going to do? Is she going to go down the smooth, you know, course? Or that's, like, steady as a beating drum? Or is she going to go down, you know, the crazy river? And you could just see how, like, you know, she goes down. We we know how that happens. But mm-hmm. she ends We know up- which river she chooses. Yeah. <laughs> so this leads her to meet Grandmother Willow. Let me tell you. Grandmother Willow is probably, like, my... Besides, obviously, like, Pocahontas, because she's, like, the main character. Grandmother Willow is my favorite character of this movie. She is the spicy grandma that I wish I had. Yes. <laughs> yes. A thousand... Okay, so... I think she's creepy. What? But she is... But she... No, like, love her. Stand for her a thousand percent. Like, love Gigi Willow. But... <laughs> It's a little creepy. Like the look of her, everything. It just if you if I was really identifying as Pocahontas and I'm just out there in the wilderness, first of all, I just like trip balls on the crazy river. And like <laughs> now I came to a talking tree. <laughs> like I don't know how much peyote was involved that day, but there was some. You know what? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> She goes to Grandmother Willow. Maybe Pocahontas was drinking the river water at that Mm, point. That was insanitary. You know, when she fell off that uh, waterfall, you know. (laughs) I don't know. She'd be seeing faces in trees. Oh, my gosh. So so Pocahontas, in the midst of, like, this decision-making, right? She's like, do I marry Cocoam? Do I not marry Cocoam? She also has, like, this thing in the back of her head where she has a dream. And it's been a dream that has been repetitive. And she doesn't know what it means. Uh, so then she goes to Grandmother Willow. And she's like, I've had this dream about a spinning arrow. And it, like, stops. And I don't know, essentially, like, what this means. And so... Grandmother Willow, like, reassures her, like, you just need to listen to your heart, right? Like, listen to what it's trying to tell you. And then, like, the 
beautiful leaves that like happen mm-hmm. throughout the movie. I don't know. I've read a bunch of different theories about this, but the one that I think is true, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that the leaves represent her mother's like spirit. So it's like yes. her mother's strength that like follow her throughout the movie, right? Yes, I, I agree with you because when the dad puts the necklace on her mm-hmm. and he's talking about her mom in the beginning, like prior to all like this, mm-hmm. as he puts the necklace on, that's when I you, like it enters in the first kind of gush of wind, mm-hmm. which I think is symbolic of her mom and the spirit of her mom. Right. Hmm. Though I would like a backstory about that, like. Forget Radcliffe. Tell me about Pocahontas' mom because she did not get her sassiness from her dad. <laughs> no, that guy's way too damn serious. <laughs> like, mm-mm. Uh, so at that point, uh, she starts seeing strange clouds or there's like some type of strange cloud situation going on. Mm-hmm. And she climbs up to the top of Grandmother Willow. And that's where we meet, the, that's where the colonists meet the Indians, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they've landed essentially. They've, they've, I don't know what the word is, but they've landed. <laughs> like it's a freaking airplane. <laughs> I can't think of the word. <laughs> they, they've made port. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I haven't brushed up on my yacht words <laughs> lately. <laughs> um. Again, I'm a mom. We. I have a hashtag mom brain. It's a real thing. Look it up. <laughs> I mean, after I sold my yacht, I just completely, <laughs> any ship words, you know, <laughs> I just let that go. Um, so Radcliffe sends out John to make sure there are no savages around the settlement, right? Where they're, where they're trying to make camp. And John is just like mind blown. He just has like a mind blown moment of like the beauty and the nature of the land. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he's different. Not beside, not because he's like a bachelor and he's a leader and he's like, you know, saving Thomas when he fucking falls off the boat. But mm-hmm. <laughs> damn it, Thomas. But he has like an appreciation for nature. And they make that very clear in that moment, right? Because yes. he's like admiring everything around him while everyone else is like chopping down trees and digging for gold. Yes. So that right there kind of tells you that he would connect with Pocahontas because of that common factor. Yes. Um, And in that same moment, Pocahontas kind of gets like a sneak peek of the, you know, the new meat on the market. (laughs) Daddy John. (laughs) Opening. Poppy John. John. She's like, Cocoa, Nikita, you can have Cocoa because I got John. (laughs) So that kind of happens once. But then John later on, he goes to the river, right? And he's Mm -hmm. just like chilling. He's drinking water. But then he kind of sees like a reflection in the back. And he's like, yeah what the heck is this a savage like he's like super defensive and they kind of do and pocahontas is like very stealthy like she is like like a cat she's just like here there and no one can see her or here kind of thing <laughs> she is she's very light on her toes yes me not so much <laughs> yeah again why don't identify with her 
Oh gosh. <laughs> I had a joke with that, but you know what? I, I'm I, I'm just getting old is what it is. Uh, I went to Kohl's today just to kind of like walk around with my mom. I think it was like mm-hmm. 20 minutes in and my knees were hurting. I was like, what oh. is this? <laughs> I'm knee pain. What is this? Oh. You're like, Mira, Mira, go on without me. <laughs> just leave me. Just leave me. Just leave me. Leave me. I lost, <laughs> we lost Susie in, in aisle 10. <gasps> Well, Pocahontas is like climbing trees and being stealthy like a cat. Yeah. And I'm over here mm-hmm. hobbling in calls. <laughs> <laughs> We're anyway. not going to make it. <laughs> so, so they kind of play like this hide and seek game, right? John yes. and Pocahontas. Like, I see you, you don't see me kind of thing. But eventually, Pocahontas falls into like the trap or whatever that John Smith had was like hiding behind like a waterfall or whatever. But the moment he was going to shoot her, Mm-mm. she like stands up and shows off her curves that she's a woman. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm not going to shoot you. He wasn't thinking with his brain, Mm-mm. his top brain. He was thinking <laughs> something else. Mm-hmm. He said, I like that booty though. <laughs> I was like, well, Okay, you didn't even see her face. You don't know what her name is. Okay. I mean, though, again, you shouldn't be shooting people. That's just not okay. (laughs) Yeah. John, stop, please. Um, But he tries to get near her, and her reaction, like any common person, is like, fuck, stranger danger, right? Especially Mm -hmm. by, like, a white man that you've never seen before (laughs) with, like, a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sir, you be approaching me with that. I gotta bounce. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, Flick comes into play, and she he or she tries to like you know get in his face, and he like whacks her away or whatever. I think it was that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Uh, but she tries taking off. He like tries you know to catch up to her. Eventually does. Um, and that's where like the first interaction happens, like the first like conversation between John Smith and Pocahontas. Um, and he talks to her in English and she talks to him in like her native language. Yes. And that's when they realize, like, oh shit, we don't we can't understand each other. <laughs> they didn't be she didn't take her English class before. Mm, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's too busy on the river. Yeah, just you know, debating about marrying Coco. <laughs> yeah. True. That's what it was. <laughs> so by the magic of Disney or the mom spirit, like I don't like I don't know how to truly explain that like transition of like the Disney magic that kind of happened in that moment that allowed Pocahontas to communicate with John Smith, right? I mean, I think that's that is like part of the magic of Disney and the mom spirit, it probably is like a hybrid of both where it's just, you need both in order to reach that mutual ground. Because if John Smith, like if that barrier hadn't had been broken between them, things would have never been solved in the bigger picture. So I think maybe like the mom spirit knew that. And she was like, Hey, you guys are actually two like kindred spirits but let's just break down those barriers. And that's when like the whoosh of the wind comes in and is mm. like, Hey, I'm going to help that's translate a good here. Mm. 
I like it. I like that explanation better than mine. (laughs) 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 I mean, I don't know if it's right, though. Uh, I told you, I gotta make mom and dad proud. I am on a last leg here. (laughs) So, okay, so leading up to this, after they're able to communicate, they kind of have like a little first date. Would you call it a first date? Yeah, they did. They had a first date under a tree. I don't I don't think it was grandmother Willow. I think it was just a tree or whatever. No, Willow was back like she in another part of the river. Yes, 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 that's true. Um they Pocahontas and John are start they start talking about like their differences, right? And John's like, Oh, don't worry, we're gonna like build houses and we're gonna make roads and show you how to really use mm-hmm. this land. And Pocahontas is like, the fuck? No, back up, dude. What do you mean? Our houses are perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, we're we're fine the way we're doing. And I don't remember exactly how it came out, but, like, John Smith essentially called Pocahontas and her tribe, like, savages. Yep. And, like, that was really offensive, which, uh, yeah. Is. Yep, yep. You're not wrong. <laughs> and then that's where, like, the most, I would say, most, like, popular song of, song of Pocahontas kind of, like, starts. Where it's, like, the yes. colors of the wind. And really, when it just, like... To me, as a woman, it kind of sounds like Pocahontas just like putting John in his place. Oh, if, <laughs> if this movie was not a musical, you would have heard Pocahontas clapping out every syllable <laughs> and just like checking his ass hardcore. But instead, she said, Mm-mm, I'm going to keep this civilized. I'm going to sing you a song about it because you don't want me to go hood polka. Hood polka? I would like, love to see you. You don't want <laughs> we call that HP. But like you don't you don't want to see that. So I must sing you a song and hope your dumb dumb brain get it. Oh my and God. that's yeah, that's how she laid it out. That I could I can sing that song like I don't want to say by heart because then you're gonna test me. <laughs> but no, I can sing I'm, that song. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like that song comes on and it's it's a moment. It's okay. like, hand me the microphone. We're doing it. So obviously this is a mom's podcast. If you haven't um, done this, I would suggest you on like podcast streaming services, like where you do like your music, like Spotify mm-hmm. or Pandora or whatever. There's a playlist called um, Disney Lullaby or Disney Sleep. And they yes. have like the lullaby version of Colors of the Wind. I fucking cry every time that song comes on. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like soft and mellow. And that's how that's how we usually get Marco to go down is just like putting on uh, Disney lullabies or Disney sleep. And yeah, because he's tired of you crying. Like you just <laughs> waterboarded like, oh, him to God. colors of the wind as that's you rock him to so bed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, no, dad, oh. skip. Siri, skip. Alexa, skip, skip song. <laughs> Somebody please skip the damn song. <laughs> Mom, you're getting your tears in my eyes again. I'm just like, not this song, man. (laughs) So I would highly suggest our moms to uh, listen to that. I I discovered it when Marco was like, I think it was you. Maybe you're the one that told me about it. Someone told me about it. And it was life changing. But it is it is beautiful. Like, that's nice and calming. Mm -hmm. I'll probably fall asleep to it tonight. (laughs) 
Eddie will be like, what the hell is this? And I'll be like, shh, 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 shh. My little butterfly. Have you ever heard of Wolfgang? <laughs> but how can you, like, not sing that with, like, passion? Like, yes! soothing? To the blue corn moon! Like, yeah. I ask the green bobcat to. why he grins. Why you be grinning, bobcat. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you? Have you, John Smith? No, you haven't. Fuck me, yeah. ignorant ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. Yeah, I was going to say, and in that moment, John realized he fucked up. Calm down. <laughs> and Susie is triggered. I am. All right, so talking about communication, do you think this movie could have carried out the same message if Pocahontas and John Smith couldn't? communicate i mean no maybe no i don't know because you have tarzan and jane right yeah and they can't speak for a majority of the movie like the whole premise of that movie is like she's trying to teach him the like words and how to articulate and communicate with each other and i mean he does end up saving like his gorilla family Right. Mm. But I don't think that I mean, I think one of the main messages of Pocahontas is that we need to discuss our differences so we can come to a common ground. Yeah. And I think without them being able to communicate to each other, we would never achieve that message. I agree. I'm just glad they could communicate and sing together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad he knew the words to the song. Yes. So, okay, John Smith, this is probably one of the, like, funny, not funny scenes of the movie that I was cracking up every time. When John Smith meets Grandmother Willow for the first time, I feel like that was, like, major culture shock right there for John Smith. Yes. Because, you know, after they see in Colors of the Wind or whatever, they end up with Grandmother Willow. And that's where she, like, checks him out and, like, checks his soul or whatever. It's like, yeah, she's good. But then Pocahontas is like, go ahead, ask her something. And then he's like, what do you ask a tree? <laughs> and it's like, Pocahontas huh? is like, I ask her everything. <laughs> yeah, like, this is normal. You don't, you guys don't do this where you're from? Yeah. It's like, me and this tree, we cool. We're on yeah. each other's, like, top eight. That's a throwback for you guys. Yeah. I mean, just how, like, Miko was introduced to, like, the English cookies or whatever that Mm -hmm. they ate, biscuits or whatever they want to call them. Like, that was kind of like a culture shock. Not culture shock, but you know what I mean. Like, it was something new from a different culture. And then, like, John Smith meeting Grandmother Willow and is like, what? What do you mean I got to ask Grandmother Willow a question? (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to a tree. It's like telling Jonathan, what do you mean I got to make tamales with your family? (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> I think I'm sick. Uh, so that kind of leads how Pocahontas and John Smith kind of hit it off and she got like the approval, right, of Grandmother Willow. Yeah. Well, this is a secret to dad the entire time. Like dad doesn't know about John Smith until the moment that Pocahontas like really saves runs him. up and like saves him. Yeah, because like even before then, she was like framed as like someone who was just like wandering when Coco got killed and that yeah. John Smith was trying to attack her. 
but we're going to talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the backstory of all this, like besides this love interest that's going on, there's other little stories that are kind of like breaking up the love story. One of the things is Radcliffe is still looking for gold. And you know what? He's determined. He is not going to let the queen down. <laughs> He's determined. And that's why I relate with him. <laughs> and even the songs that Radcliffe sang. Oh, what was it? Like, mine, um, money, 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 money. Yes! <laughs> I mean, if that wasn't a precursor for like, Rihanna's bitch better have my money. I don't know what yes. is. She got that from him. It's mine, money. Dig <laughs> <laughs> up Virginia, boys. <laughs> it's such a good song. It um, is. So they realize, not they, but Radcliffe is starting to like, you know, get a little shaky realizing that there might not be any gold anywhere, you know, nearby. Yeah. And then the people that are actually working the land, they're like, what if there is no gold? Like, what if we're like just digging Ooh. dirt? And I felt really bad for that old man that was like, you know, shifting the, yeah. the dirt in the water, even though he was a cartoon. That's just not a real person, but still. <laughs> I mean, he old though. I thought only manly men were allowed on this ship. <laughs> It's How you probably somebody's dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody's dad. They're like, you know what? It's his last hurrah. Let him let him come on, boys trip. Come on. Boys trip, boys trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they are starting to think that, like, you know what? Like, I don't think there's any gold. And Radcliffe is like, plot twist. There is gold and the Indians got it. Like, oh, they just no. have to have it. Like, what's the other explanation? The other rational explanation is that there is no gold, but that can't be it, right? Because there has to be gold because the king wants mm-hmm. gold. <laughs> the king, I promised Liz, like, she king is Jimmy. <laughs> she is back at the palace waiting for me to show up with this gold. Yeah. And I don't have it. Um, so. They, at that time, they kind of get, like, ambushed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And eventually, within that ambush, one of the tribe members, they don't get ambushed. They were, there's the tribe people just, like, observing them, right? Like, they yes. just want to, like, get, like, a head count, right, of, like, what they were dealing with. One, but some- two. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them ended up getting shot. Yes. And that was not okay. And that's when the chief was like, okay, yeah, no one's allowed to, like, leave our little, you know, tribal area. Like, we need to stay inside, essentially. Like, it's a lockdown. (laughs) Insert COVID protocols. (laughs) Um, But, of course, John and Pocahontas being a rebel rebel and... uh, being new lovers, all oh, that new love feeling, right? Yeah, so young and in love. <laughs> now at this point, I ain't sneaking out to do crap with it. Um, like, mm-mm. Boy, I, you coming in between me and my sleep. <laughs> I will hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Jonathan and I still sneak out, but we sneak out to go get fast food. Who do we sneak <laughs> out from? I don't know, because we live by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... <laughs> 
how how far does the monitor reach? What's our <laughs> radius, John? <laughs> Don't oh wake him up. Okay, so like this is that just made me think about like the early stages of motherhood, you know, when your baby is just like waking up every two hours to eat and like you're yes. just freaking exhausted. I remember one time John Marco, not Jonathan, Marco was so fussy and he was so colicky. And I told Jonathan this it must have been like at one o'clock in the morning. I was like, I need you to go get some gripe water. Like, that's like the only thing that I can think of that'll work for this baby. Yeah. And I was like, but you need to bring back something sweet. Like, <laughs> go to Walgreens <laughs> and get the gripe water and bring me back something sweet because I I need it. <laughs> and this man. You're like, I need a hit. One thing about Jonathan is that he is a sugar holic. He brought back. Oreo cookies, he brought Milano's, he brought me a Kit Kat, and then he brought me, like, drinks, like, and I'm like, I just wanted one, one thing sweet. Did you get the gripe water? (laughs) He's like, no, forgot the gripe water, but did you see the Oreos? (laughs) I'll never forget that. It was just like, I just wanted something small and sweet, not, like, the entire uh, aisle from Walgreens. (laughs) No, because at that point... Because he was like, it's one in the morning. I'm already on this mission. If I go home with the wrong something sweet, I'm afraid. Like <laughs> That is he, true. He probably was true. literally like fearing for his life. Like That is true. What do I choose? What do I choose? And he probably called like his mom. Mom, what do I do? <laughs> she said something sweet. Susan doesn't eat sweet. What does that mean? What do we do? Well, we were in trade. This wasn't covered in training. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, where was I? Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. They went on lockdown. They went on lockdown. And um, but back at the campgrounds with Radcliffe, John eventually comes back because he had wandered off during like the the scandal mm-hmm. that was happening. And John kind of tells Radcliffe the same thing that people, the other people were already suspecting that there was no gold because when he asked Pocahontas, he Pocahontas said that the only gold that they had was corn. And she like even showed him like, Oh, this like yellow thing. That's like in a brick form. Like, and that's when, you know, he put two and two together. Obviously Radcliffe was like, nah, they're just hiding it. They don't want it. I came all this way. Um, and so that kind of creates like tension between both tribe, between the tribe and the colonists. And Radcliffe is like, no, we're going to go to war. Like, let's get this. Well, that wasn't the reason why they went to war, but they're like, we're going to we're going to rile up like we need to get our gold. Get rowdy. Get rowdy, guys. And eventually Pocahontas convinced her dad to say, like. Okay, I know they don't want to fight, but if you're willing to talk to someone from, you know, the call the colonists or whatever, yeah, um, would you be able to talk to them? And he's like, Yeah, sure, whatever. And so she's like, Okay, I'm gonna go get my secret boyfriend. So do you remember that's like such a good scene? It was so it's executed yes. so beautifully. Yes. <laughs> and there's like a couple of things I don't want to talk about, but it's okay. Um where Pocahontas and Nicoma, I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, her best friend, they're like picking corn or whatever. And then John Smith pops out of nowhere and like her best friend almost like 
died. Don't she was like, white be. man. <laughs> but what like scared her the most was that Pocahontas knew his name. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, white man, ah, Pocahontas. <laughs> and then, like, you know, they start talking. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's like, no, 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 that's John. Remember, I told you I was dating someone. No, no, that's him. That's yeah, it, that's John. It wasn't Coco. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, not him. <laughs> she pro- I bet you, like, she got excited. She's like, "Good, Coco's mine. Coco's mine." <laughs> so they kind of like run off. Pocahontas is like, "Girl, I need you to be my ride or die right now. Like, you, I need you to just like tell no one that I left." And what does she do? She a snitch. She's snitch, yeah. It's because like, she's a pick me girl. <laughs> she was trying to earn Kokom's respect. She was. Mm-hmm. So she snitches to Kokom saying, like, hey, like, I think he she doesn't really say like Pocahontas is, you know, ran off with some white dude. She said, I think uh Pocahontas is in some trouble. And obviously, that's going to ring some triggered. alarms. Yeah, for because that's his future wife. Yeah, and so that's why he's in like fight mode. Like he's like, "Where are you at? Where are you at? Who gonna catch these hands?" <laughs> Eventually, they lead back to Grandmother Willow, and they kind of have this moment with Grandmother Willow, where Grandmother Willow is like, "There's something wrong in the air. Like there's tension. There's just something wrong going on right now." And that's when they kind of both just kind of word vomit about the tension that are all in both, you know, areas. And so Grandmother Willow gives them like an analogy and she states like how she states she does like this ripple effect in the river and she's like, do you see that again? All right. (laughs) She does the ripple effect and she's like, did you see that? And then John being John Smith, he's like. What it what what did I just see? And then she had to clarify, like it's a ripple effect. Like, but in order for a ripple effect to happen, someone has to start it. Meaning, if you want peace, you have to start the ripple effect of peace, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to you have to ca- like create that peace in order for you two to be together. And he was just like kind of pushing back on that idea, and she like says a pretty, I like the quote. But she says, um, sometimes the right path isn't the easiest. Um, And that's so true. Like, it's so true, not only just, like, in the movie, like, in the scene, but, like, personally, like, I have been there time and time again where, like, the right path I know is not the easiest path. And it's, like, that's... So much harder. It is. It's so much harder. Right? Because, like, it can be from, like, super sensitive topics to, like, very easy topics. Like, how much vegetables I'm feeding my son. (laughs) Not how much he's eating. How many vegetables am I purposely buying to feed him? Yes. (laughs) Like, fuck, if I buy the fresh broccoli and the bell pepper, that means I have to prep it and I have Mm -hmm. to feed him. But then it's going to end up on the floor. So why do I even do it? Why do I waste my time being Gordon Ramsay in that kitchen for you so that, to throw it on the ground? And the dog won't even eat it. Like She, she doesn't like broccoli or bell peppers, so oh. I will have to put, see the circle. But you know what? Like, I know that offering my children, this is a very, like, 
simple, like easy example that I'm giving, obviously, right? Because it's trying to keep it lighthearted. But offering him that that option of a healthy food is something that I have to do, right? Like that's my obligation as a parent to like teach you yeah. about food balance. Because if not, then you create, you know, bad cycles. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want that. Anyways. No, no, no. <laughs> so they agree, Pocahontas and John Smith, they agree that they want to be the ripple effect of peace, right? So that they can be together. And so John Smith is going to go talk to Pocahontas' daddy and try to settle things out. And they share their first kiss. Yeah, they do. Ugh. But what happens? Oh, my gosh. Like a freaking Spanish telenovela. There's like, <laughs> there's two people in the background witnessing this. One of them is Thomas, because Thomas was sent out by Radcliffe to, like, go make sure that John wasn't fucking anything up. Mm -hmm. And poor Thomas. He always got the shit end of the stick. Yeah, he did it to himself. (laughs) He asked to be thrown off the boat in the beginning. Like, a man's not a man unless he knows how to shoot. Yep. (laughs) Like, that's, like, the one, that's the comment that kind of, like, hurt me. (laughs) Poor Thomas. (laughs) That's like, so rude. <laughs> he did that to you, Tom Tom. He did. Uh, he did. <laughs> so you ain't no, you ain't no man. You a bitch. <laughs> exactly. So, <gasps> so Thomas is witnessing this, and dun dun dun, Coquelum, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh hell's no!" And he just like, like launches towards yeah. John Smith and they're like brawling like they're just going at it knives are out luckily nice. there's a stick involved that you know John Smith <gasps> was able to like block him but then like Pocahontas as you know as she I don't know why she was involved in this but like you know, she's trying to break it up and well I guess she cares about them so that's why <laughs> one of them gonna be her husband <laughs> so she's like um trying to break up and then coco i'm like just legit just flings her like tosses her so he can Dick. like get two hands and like try to stab john but in that moment thomas steps in as a true ride or die yeah he's willing to commit murder for his bud yeah and he kills coco and <laughs> it was just like so many emotions in that scene because it's like the emotion of like, oh my gosh, someone just died. But then it's like, oh my gosh, they just shared their first kiss. And what's going to happen with the tribes? And it's just like, this is such a stressful moment. <laughs> As you're saying that, like, I can see like four-year-old Susie <laughs> watching this movie. Like, just not, just literally like standing up in front of the TV screaming. Mm-hmm. Like, what? No! I said let him die. (laughs) Wasn't a fan. He was too controlling. True. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He had issues. I'm indifferent. I'm poor Coco. Anyways. So John, as a true ride or die to Thomas, was like, grab the gun and run, my friend, because I don't want you to be involved in this. Because he, John already had an idea, right, of like, 
what would happen because he had been to like other countries and he had seen supposedly right like similar situations or whatever um and he gets arrested yep taken in and he gets sentenced to death and pocahontas is just like beside herself she is just like that's her man yeah she is just like stunned you could just see like the defeat especially like when her dad like comes up to her and and um he tells her um because of your foolishness kokom is dead and it's like what more of an insult do you want your dad to tell you your dad just told you you're a fuck up (laughs) yeah and your fuck up just killed someone yeah that so you could just like see the defeat in pocahontas of like i fucked up and she has this moment of like regret of like everything like she's probably contemplating like the path that she took right yeah she should have taken the smoothest course right but no her friend nikoma comes around and i don't even know if i should call her her friend she's not a friend she's not a friend she's a pick me girl with probably no other options Maybe there's no other girls her age within the village, like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she's a friend. But anyways, Nicoma... That's for next podcast. Yes. She confesses to Pocahontas that she sent Cocoam to go get her. I would have brawled out with Nicoma that moment. Like, what do you mean you sent Cocoam to come get me? Bitch, I told you. (laughs) Don't tell anyone that I was leaving. (laughs) I told you, Nicoma. No. No. You <laughs> opened your damn trap. And here we are. No. <sighs> but in remorse of like trying to help her friend or trying to make her friend feel better, Pocahontas is like snuck into like the prison, right? Where John yeah. Smith is. <sighs> that scene. All of like again, I I'm obsessed, as you can tell. I love this movie. I'm truly passionate about it. Um, yes, <laughs> I love everything about this movie. So in this scene, it's very dark and it's very like sad music, and you can just feel like the heaviness in the room, right? Like she knows there's no way to fix this. She knows that John Smith is gonna die at dawn. Like he's gonna be the first head that rolls, and then from that point, there's gonna be war because now there's been bloodshed, right? Yeah, because of Cocoa, and. I wrote this down in my notes and I'm going to read it just as is. (laughs) So Pocahontas walks in and it's dark. It's gloomy, right? And then John Smith says the fastest panty dropper line of the movie. Mm -hmm. Do it. Do it right (laughs) here. Right here, right now. Where he says, you know, Pocahontas is like apologizing for everything. She apologizes for like even meeting him. And then he says, I would die. I would rather die tomorrow than live a thousand years without knowing you. And I'm just like, damn, that's a panty dropper. What do you like? What else? <laughs> well, he used it back on um, what's her name? Ginger at the brothel <laughs> first. And it went over stunning. I bet. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I could get out of this. Poca. <laughs> Let's discuss. Let's discuss Poca. <laughs> what, what, Poca what's Poca. her? What's her hood name? <laughs> 
I forgot it already. <laughs> I know it was HP, but I'm forgetting what the H stands for. Hood. Hood polka, yeah. <laughs> polka. So you could just see in that moment that, like, this is true love. Like, she's like, he really, really likes me. And I really, really yeah. like him, too. Um, and so... <laughs> At that point, it kind of rotates back to Radcliffe and, like, their campgrounds. Thomas yeah. is getting back, and he's like, yo, they got John Smith. Like, they're going to kill him or something like that, right? And then Radcliffe is like, this is my opportunity. Like, I've been trying to convince these guys that the Indians got the gold. It's going to be a twofer, you know, a two for one. Yeah. <laughs> we get John, yeah. and we get the gold, and we get to go to war. So then the freaking most... I don't want to say most badass because there's a lot of lyrics in that song that's kind of like, mm-hmm. um, but like the intensity of that song where they're getting ready for war, uh, it gives me goosebumps every time. It, that like the whole, I think that scene or that like series of scenes alone visually is stunning. Like yes. the colors, the reds, the yellows, like how they use like the color will, I guess, to really display the emotion in the song. I think it just makes it like even extra impactful. It's just like, it really ties the whole scene together, like as they're marching. And it's like, I think it also shows within that moment, like we're the same, like people when we're angry, we all like resort to anger when we or. That was redundant. When we're angry, <laughs> we resort to violence. And yeah. like regardless of the culture, the background, whatever, we're both we're both choosing the same path. And yeah. and like this is the path that leads to destruction. And I think like the visual the visual and the audio and all of that really just kind of ties in the whole message of the movie. And I think it's stunning. It is. And I love the relationship. I truly love the relationship between Pocahontas and John. And I think that's why I'm so, like, booty tickled when I watch Pocahontas too, Because <laughs> they put so much, like, character and background into this relationship with John and Pocahontas to just kind of, like, destroy it. Fizzle anyways, it out. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yes. You and I, and I'm not sure if our listeners know, um... Both of us are in an interracial marriage. Like, I married Jonathan, who's Portuguese, and you made, I mean, Mark, you know, Eddie, who is also Portuguese. <laughs> I'm Hispanic, and you. What's that what guy's you name? Yourself? <laughs> I'm Palestinian. Palestinian, okay. Um, so, have you ever been, have you ever felt marginalized because you are an interracial family? Yes. Um, Not necessarily as a family, Uh, yes. And there's been a couple distinct moments where I felt it. Um, Because my husband, being Portuguese, he's still light-skinned. And he's bald, short, stocky, so he looks like your typical white guy with Mm -hmm. a tan. (laughs) Like, like, he doesn't look like he has any um, flavor. Um, and so there has been a time where literally we we're sitting at a restaurant and this gentleman, not gentleman, this piece of shit, like I'll call it what it is, Do it. is 
absolutely staring us down. We were the only two people, uh, or like the only interracial couple in this restaurant. It was really small. Um, so like you could see all the other patrons yeah. there. And he was just staring us down. And as they uh-huh. got up and like walked away, he said, that's disgusting. No. While looking at us. Yes. That, that blows me away. That, and it, like, I will never forget that moment. And I will never forget, like, just how enraged and sad I felt. Oh, my goodness. Because it was like, first of all, you can go kick rocks. Like, you are so ignorant. And, yeah, so I a thousand percent have before. And it was like, even, I mean... Eddie didn't realize it in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then like he heard him say it as he walked by. And I was like, this, like he literally was staring me down the whole time we were sitting there eating. Oh no. That and is I know such I'm a cute, disgusting but, like, I'm not that cute, but like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take a picture. I know exactly. But that is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Why would someone say that? Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. It's just so sad because, like, you know, we have this movie that was released in, you know, during our childhood, the late 90s. Oh, God, late 90s, mid 90s. I don't know. (laughs) The 90s. (laughs) Somewhere in there. I don't want to date myself. No. Um, Where you see this interracial couple. And I remember that being such a big impact on me because yet I have never really experienced. uh, I've never felt marginalized because I was in a interracial marriage or have an interracial baby. I've been very fortunate to not experience that. But um, I forgot my, my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> my train of thought is gone. But no, like, I mean, you'd think this was the topic we were addressing in 95, right? Yeah. I okay, think yeah, that's where, where you're I was going. going with. Yeah. That's where I was going. Um, it made such an impact on me because... I'm not sure if you know this about me or if any of our listeners know about know this about me, which I don't think they would. Um, Jonathan was the first person and only person that I ever dated that was outside of my race. I had always dated Hispanic men. I did not know that. I, like even like in like, you know, middle school stages mm-hmm. where you had like little crushes or whatever. I never had a crush on anyone that was outside of my race. And it Jonathan and I met through like online dating and it was just kind of like a whim, like, he reached out to me let's go i'm gonna get some free coffee out of this let's go (laughs) but never in a million years did i think i would end up marrying outside of my race like it just wasn't it wasn't a thought but you know what thinking about how this movie was such an example of that being an option I, I think that's why I identify so much with this movie because Jonathan and I come from totally different backgrounds. That was one thing though. Like once we did start dating and we started talking about like differences between like our families, <laughs> like I joke yes. about this all the time with him and I kind of give him a hard time, but it sounds uglier than what it really, ha- than what really happened. But I always joke about how he asked me about my immigration status when we first started dating. <laughs> But I'm like, I was born in California. <laughs> like, if, um, if that's what native. you're trying to ask me. 
Would you like to see my paperwork? I didn't realize this was a prereq for the date. It wasn't like blunt like that, but I was like, "Mm, you're dancing around that question a little bit too much. (laughs) You just already had it in your back pocket. You slide it across the table. We're good, bro. No, but, you know, we're like, we're talking about family. We're talking, obviously, like, I'm a first-generation American. My parents were not born here. Um, And, like, their siblings or whatever. So, you know, talking about family, kind of, that's how the the conversation kind of came up. And a lot of my siblings, like, I would say, like, half of my siblings weren't, you know, aren't from the United States. They were born in different countries. Um, That's the fun of mixed families. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I just... I've been very fortunate to not have been marginalized, but I think at the same time, like looking at my family, my siblings didn't marry within the race either. Like I don't have a Hispanic (laughs) brother-in-law. No, uh, you're a, or or sister-in-law. I (laughs) I don't have any Palestinians like (laughs) in-laws. We all married outside of the race. And I think that's like, we're, true melting pot yeah we have a little bit of spice from everywhere but see like i think that's the beauty of where we live is that is just the norm like it's the norm to be culturally diverse it's the norm to have more than one language spoken in a home it's the norm like that's just that's what it that's what our current families look like and that's okay there's nothing wrong with it (laughs) It's it's beautiful, and I think at the same time, it allows for the conversations that maybe, had they had happened in Pocahontas, like, had they had talked and discussed their differences, and, like, one side is thinking the other side is ignorant, and they, like, they're both thinking the same thing about each other, but they're not willing to sit down and have that conversation, whereas, like, now, when we have a lot more of these, like, beautifully ethnic, ethnically diverse families, it allows for those conversations to happen. Yeah. And it allows for, like, no, no, no. Like, I may, I mean, I get mistaken for um, Hispanic when, you know, I'm Palestinian. And so it does, like, open the door, like, oh, you know what? I may not be Hispanic, but, you know, my sister-in-law is or this is and so it allows for like hey like let's talk about your culture let's talk about where you came from let's talk about like your roots and get to know each other and i mean because of our like what where we came from creates who we are now yeah and i feel like this movie was like a stepping stone for us like how you we talked about it kind of being like the woke the beginning yes. of the woke generation for us. Like, I truly believe it. I really do. Like, having that example that John Smith, someone from England, can can come and fall in love and kiss a Native American. Like, what? <laughs> that's a possibility? Is that, that that's happen? That's that allowed? Happen? <laughs> huh? um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, you're talking about, like, having two cultures under one household is such a beautiful thing. I can't even tell you, like, during the holiday season, um, we do a lot of, like, baking. And mm-hmm. Jonathan has, I mean, you know, Jonathan has a lot of, like, family members that love to bake. And they have family recipes that have been brought from, like, 
Portugal, like from their homeland. And we still do them here. Like that is such a beautiful thing to like continue and keep alive. Like I can only imagine like, you know, my son, when he gets older and he starts having his family and like, and then he has those like traditions where he takes the recipes that we have from family members back from the mainland or, you know, the islands. Um, cause they're from Azores, uh, and they do the, you know, the baking and, and, and they share the food and, and the, the music. And it's just, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful culture is what it is. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's exactly where it's like opening the door to allow yeah. those hybrid cultures now where it's like, you it's like these, the fusions of, Hey, let's, I'm a little bit like. Latino and I'm a little bit Portuguese and I'm going to blend those together and start creating these new yeah. norms for my family. Yeah. I love okay. it. Okay. Okay. Back to Pocahontas. <laughs> Back to Poca. So at this point, Pocahontas, she feels defeated. She's just like, what's the point of life? Right? Like my man is on the chopping block, literally. And so she confines in grandmother Willow and she's just like, I feel lost. Like I'm, I'm done. Like I don't, I don't know what else to do. Um, and so I, I think felt it was that m- as a mom on levels. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then I think it was Miko that like gives her the spinning arrow or like yeah, the compass, yeah, yeah. right? And then it's like deja vu for her, mm-hmm. where she's back in her dream and like. Grandmother Willow is just like they're comforting her and she's supporting her. And it's like, this is not too late. Like you still have time kind of thing. And the spinning arrow is spinning and spinning and spinning. And then it stops. And that's where she was getting stuck because she didn't know like where it was pointing or where where, where this was yeah. going. But if you look in the movie, it's pointing towards the sunrise. And that is the like direction of where they were going to like, you know, do the chopping block on Yeah. On John His Smith. Head. Yeah. So essentially the, the spinning arrow was pointing towards John Smith. So what was her path being, uh, what was her path led to uh, was to John Smith. And not only to love John Smith, right, to fall in love with him, but also to be the ripple effect of peace for yeah. her tribe. So it's like, it's a double whammy, right? Like there's two, she had two purposes. I feel like there was two points to this, right? Falling in love. And essentially saving her tribe and the colonists from, like, breaking out into war. But then she has, like, this oh shit moment where she's like, I don't know if I can still do this. Like, he's, like, all the way across town. There might be some red lights. Like, I don't know. It's rush hour. (laughs) But then they go back into that song of, like, the... This, I don't know what the Savage's song is. The, the oh, one where they're like, uh, and like yeah. she's like and run, I, sprinting while keeping her vocals on yes. track. Like, yes. You must exercise and sing. That's all I can say. Yeah, the battle drums. <laughs> and I'm just, I feel so empowered for her in that scene. Tell me you don't get goosebumps when you see that scene, Sarah. No, I do. I, I completely <laughs> do. Because it is like, she got time limit. You got it, girl. You should have gone. You should have called Grandmother Willow. Like instead of going to visit her, send a raven. <laughs> yeah, come on, flip, flip, get on flitting on over there. Yeah, take this message. Get some messenger pigeons. Uh-huh. But no, it is. It's so like 
again, it's just aesthetically moving. Yeah. Like everything about it and for being, you know, animation from 95. It's so perfect. in I think it took five years to produce this movie because of the colors of this movie. The there colors was... of the wind. They exactly. had to find what those colors were. <laughs> so I have another question for you because yes. this scene has got me very inspired, very mm-hmm. feeling a, a good vibe. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, so in the movie, we see that Pocahontas carries the traits of courage, spirituality, and curiosity, right? Um, what traits are you or we, right, we, uh, are hoping that our kids would carry into adulthood that at times may not be socially, like, acceptable or, like, normal? Mm. Um, I definitely would say empathy. Hmm. Like, I always want them to be empathetic when when things aren't leaning towards that. Um, I would say I'm trying to think of what trait it is, but basically listen. I mean, I guess it falls into empathy. Yeah. Um, but listen while, while uh, others are yelling to be courageous. Um, yeah. When it's hard to be courageous. It's hard to go against the grain and it like is. swim, I guess swim against swim against the current. Like I would love for my girls just to know, like you have a voice. Don't let anyone stop that regardless of, different perspectives or what the social norm is or whatever. So I guess it would be like utilizing, I don't, that's not a trait. Vocal. Vocal. That is a vocal. trait. Vocal. <laughs> I want them to be vocal. I want them to be leaders and I want them to, to be like determined and courageous Ooh, those are good. and empathetic. That's good. I think, when I think about this question, uh, my brain automatically goes to what Grandmother Willow was saying about the whole ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Like taking the right path doesn't mean it's the easiest path. And I think with Marco, it, like it kind of ties in with you, like what you're saying. Like I want Marco to grow up and have the traits and the skills to be able to speak up when no one else is willing to speak up. Like I yes. want him to be able to be to use his voice for people that can't use their voice or are too afraid to use their voice. You know what I mean? Like, to be an advocate. Yes. Yeah, that's to be an advocate. Um, and I think that's such a rare trait to find now because it's so easy to kind of just like hide in the crowd and not be the one that sticks out and just to kind of, you know, just hush and keep it to yourself and we'll talk shit about it later. Like, yeah. it's so easy to do that. But to really go against the grain, like you're saying, is really hard. And when you do that, you create so many more, you create so many enemies more than friends. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you're going against what everyone else is just kind of agreeing to. Exactly. And I don't want him to be afraid of that. Like, I want him to be like, bring it on. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I know there may be consequences, but at least I'm like, I have my own integrity. Ooh, that's the other one. I want my girls to have integrity. I also, I also hope that Marco is not afraid to like do things outside of the box. Like with Pocahontas, how she was like jumped off the cliff, cliff 
and jumped into the river at the beginning of the movie instead of like going down the traditional. I'm gonna way. remind like, you of that when Marco jumps <laughs> off a cliff. Hey, he just completed his swimming classes so he can float. Can't swim, but he can float to save his life. So okay, knock on so jump off that cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm in that pool at least three times a week since he finished his classes, and I'm like making sure, like, do you remember this? Do you do remember you- this? <laughs> past him in the hallway you throw a cup of water on him <laughs> he tries to float in the bathtub that's like the funniest thing Whoa. though because it's like super shallow i mean if you're a mom you know you don't fill yeah. up the bathtub all the way it's only like maybe two to three inches deep and he yeah. tries to like float in the tub <laughs> oh my god <sighs> um so, okay, let's wrap this up because, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> boss doesn't like when we go super long. <laughs> um. Okay, so at this point, she runs. She barely makes it. I mean, like, barely makes it to save John's life. And she just, like, lunges herself and, like, you know, don't let it be too late. Yeah. <laughs> She's, like, running and lands on him. <laughs> um, and then her dad was like, the fuck get off of him like i need to kill him this yeah. is what needs to be done i have my killing club in my hand and-, <laughs> and then she gives her dad a reality check just like how she gave john smith a reality check at the beginning of the movie yeah where but she's- dad didn't get a song <laughs> no no because it was the end like well, we're, yeah, wrapping okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're wrapping this up we're wrapping this up the writers <laughs> couldn't think of another song <gasps> Uh, so dad is you know getting a reality check and she's like look around like open your freaking eyes look what hatred has brought you and it's like that is such a powerful statement because if you take that and you put it you plug it into different contexts like like hatred can do so so much bad right like it can it can lead to so many different things um but she gives this her dad a reality check of like, look what hatred has brought us and look what it's brought you to do. It's making you like behead this guy. And she's like, I'm choosing my path. You need to choose yours. And that's when like the gust of wind comes through. Yep. <laughs> the that wind. Spirit, right. And then he kind of like has this like aha moment and he's like praises his his daughter and he's like you know she has the wisdom beyond her age and he's like you know from this day forward like if there's gonna be bloodshed it's not gonna be from us and i think he describes her approach to the situation with like courage and wisdom or something like that Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah that's exactly how she's approaching it um besides the fact that she loves him (laughs) yeah Mm, she has some other sneaky sneaks (laughs) And in that moment, she tells her dad, right? She's like, Father, I love him. She's like, again, the telenovela continues. Again, ma'am, we didn't need to know that right now in this moment. You you can save him without... Okay, but you did. What a way to meet the boyfriend, though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome to the family. Sorry, I was about to behead you. Yeah. Break your her heart, I break your head. You know. Simple, simple. We're going to laugh about this one day, John. <laughs> Oh my god. So then the colonists realize, you know what? They don't want to fight. And Radcliffe is like, fuck that. I need my gold. Like, this is I not- came to fight. Yes. And he like snatches what pistol or a gun. I don't know what they're yeah. called. Pistol. It's, it, it's a firearm. Um, and he tries to shoot the chief. 
And John Smith like jumps in the way and he gets shot. Obviously, all of the crewmen turn on Radcliffe and they're like, WTF, why did you just do that? Can't be shooting on Boyster. No. <laughs> so they hogtie him and like, you know, gag him or whatever, because he's like talking a bunch of smack or whatever. But eventually this leads to John leaving. Yes. Which was a very like sad moment for me. Like I did not want like though I love the ending, I also hate the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I do like it because it's unexpected, though. Like, you expect them, like, she just introduced you to her dad, and okay, you're still going to leave. Okay. It's because that brothel's calling. But, like, (laughs) you just met the family. Okay. And you're still leaving. Yeah. All right. I'll see you in about a year. (laughs) Things didn't go well, did they? No. So... Not only does Pocahontas show up to say goodbye to to John, but also, like, the entire tribe. And they bring, like, gifts. They bring food. And the chief gives John, like, his cloak or whatnot. Um, And there was... Pocahontas gave John, like, this little bag of, like, Grandmother Willow's bark. Yeah. And, okay, did you know that there is a prop... There's, like, an actual medicinal property in... um, the bark of willow trees that is like aspirin. So it would make sense for Pocahontas to give the bark to John because essentially it's kind of like aspirin. It's like a legit thing. (laughs) I didn't know that, but I bet you he looked at her like, after everything we've been through, bitch, give me bark. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like, first of all, did you go and hurt Willow? Because... (laughs) What part of of her tree did this come from? It probably was like her pasties or something. Like her Her pasties. Oh no. You just like you had to hurt Grandmother Willow to get those. That's part of her skin. Oh god. You just ripped it on off, didn't you, Pocahontas? (sighs) So so then John Smith asks Pocahontas, like, uh, gives, I don't want to, I don't know how to say this. He tells Pocahontas, like, I need you to come. Like, I want you to come with me. And so she has, like, this moment of, like, ah, shit, just around the riverbed kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And she, like, looks at her dad, and her dad's like, you got to choose your path. And then she looks out to, like, the people, and she sees, like, the people that are, like, colonist and then she's looking at her tribe and then she like with tears in her eyes like that's the thing like the emotion that was in this she told john smith that her people needed her so selfless it really is and i'm like you're such a good person no wonder nakoma wanted to be your friend (laughs) fuck off nakoma (laughs) bet you nakoma wanted her to leave Mm, but Coquam's dead. Who the fuck is she going to marry? I don't know, but she could have been the chief's daughter at that. Maybe the chief. Like, <laughs> oh I'm young. God. I'm hot. I can birth you some babies. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up the movie. I <laughs> really... That's the end. That The end. No. Um, 
So Pocahontas tells her, like, no, like, I can't go. And so John's like, well, I'm just going to stay. Like, I got, I, I can't leave you. And then she kind of flips things around and puts his own words, puts his words in his mouth. Yeah. She says, no matter what happens, I'll always be with you forever. And he tells her those exact same words when he was like in jail or whatever. Yeah. And they had their like little like private moment of like love. Um, and then they have their final kiss. And it's just like, uh, like that was a breakup kiss. Yeah. That was just was. like a uh that was mm-hmm. so heartbreaking to like watch and feel. And again, I've watched this movie like 10 times, not 10 times for this review. I've seen it I, countless times throughout my lifetime. But <laughs> Every time it just makes me cry a little. Like, ah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, it is. No. I love it. <sighs> okay. So, kind of taking it a little bit more lighthearted. Yes. Did you watch this with your kiddos? I did. Kyrie was, well, I mean, Sophia's not into anything really other than um, my boobs, but like, um, valid. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, I did watch it with Kyrie and Kyrie was into it for like the first half ish. And then after that, she kind of tapered off. Um, but like, she's really into pop right now. So Mm. that's like her jam. So if we're not watching anything, like if it's not Paw Patrol, she doesn't care. Mm. Well, Marco didn't care either. This was definitely not. A Marco movie, not yeah. Marco approved. <laughs> you, you're like, I'm trying. This is time number ten that we're trying to make you like this movie. Focus, child. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I watched it again with Kyrie, I could potentially because she's like starting. I mean, I know we just watched this recently, but I think she's like really getting into like understanding and facial like or like recognizing things Mm -hmm. um because like she'll now see the characters from different whatever and she'll be like oh that's this person oh that's this person or like again back to paw patrol um (laughs) like i bought the paw patrol toothpaste and she's like oh rocky i guess i don't know i don't even know rowdy or whatever whoever that our puppy she instantly recognized him. And then, like, she'll be watching the show sometimes, and she's, like, is starting to laugh and, like, interact with shows now. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe we might have, like, especially with, like, Percy and Miko and Flit, like, that whole dynamic, I think that would that would tire in more. Okay, well, let me know how that goes. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we're going to watch it again in this house because I will not have any non-Pocahontas-loving kids here. <laughs> Um, okay, so did you see any Hidden Mickeys? This movie isn't, is not a Hidden Mickey fan movie. Like, it, it there wasn't that no. many is what I'm trying to say. No, I <laughs> didn't see any that were, like, without me having to research. I didn't see it. Same. I had to, re- I had to like, Google, like, Hidden Mickeys and Pocahontas. Yeah. Even though I've seen it, like, a thousand times. But the Hidden Mickeys are, like, actual Mickey shapes. So it's not like you'd recognize, like, Buzz Lightyear in the background kind of yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> you just see uh, Buzz back there. The Pizza Planet truck. Yeah. Dropping, <laughs> dropping off some pizza for the for Radcliffe or something. Yeah. 
We know everyone. That's Pixar, not Disney. No. So we there was two hidden Mickeys in two different scenes. One was in the bubble bath with Percy, which is the oh, dog. Oh, I do remember that one actually. Now you're seeing it, and I'm like, the, oh, the bubbles make a hidden Mickey like mouse head. Uh, and then at the beginning of the movie, I think it's the beginning of the movie where Miko is eating the berries off the bush really okay um there's a hidden mickey made within the berries that are on the bush oh okay um, and okay i should have emailed you this picture <laughs> you would have loved it and you'll maybe have to research it afterwards but like there is another hidden mickey kind of thing but on one of the scenes where Pocahontas is like talking to, I think, John Smith, there's trees in the background. And on okay. one of the trees, it spells band. Like, what? Yeah. So I'm like, Sarah's theory about banning kids at Disneyland, um, Walt was like mm-hmm. way ahead of her. <laughs> I was, I told you, he didn't want any crying ass kids up in Disneyland either. He was trying to ban them all then, too. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, it's hidden, like, on the actual tree. So it kind of looks like like bark or, like, the shadow of a tree. But it spells ban. Really? You'll have to send me that picture. I'm trying to, to find it as we're talking. But you'll have to send that to me. Oh, yeah. You can see it. Yeah. I even put in my notes, like, Sarah... Yeah. Okay. I I I have to Google all these, so. Oh. All right. Okay. Okay, Disney. All so, right. our final question, because I know I've asked a lot of questions, and our, I'm really, I know I'm taking a, a different path, right, <laughs> for oh, this yep. podcast because um, what is that saying? When the when the cat is away, the mice will play. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. We're the mice. <laughs> we're the mice. So we're Diana's doing this a little different. Cats me out. Okay, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so the question is: This movie it explores a culture that we usually don't see movies about, right? Mm-hmm. What other culture would you like to see made into a Disney movie? I think I would get shot if I did not say this um, for my husband, but he really wants a Portuguese Disney movie. That would be interesting. I don't know really any premise of it, but he really wants to see some Portuguese representation. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I mean, I'm not surprised, but. Yeah, I mean, I I got my Middle Eastern, so (laughs) Aladdin, what up? But like, so yeah, I think I would want to see some type of like, maybe there is an Indian, like cultural, not Native American, obviously, like India, um, or like even like Nepal. Fun fact, I didn't know Nepal was a country until I was like 23. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I met someone from Nepal and I'm like, where's that? You're like, <laughs> like um, you're no. obviously not cultured. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> okay. I think like the one from India, like you could like with the colors and like 
the richness of that culture, I think they could do such a beautiful movie with that. Yeah. And, you know, like I think about like the live action um, Aladdin where it was like very Bollywood-esque. Yeah. But it's not. I don't think it's meant to be a Bollywood movie. You know what I mean? Because of like the region of where it's at. But I don't know anything about like, like where the line is about like what where's Bollywood Dude. and where's not Bollywood territory. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that's huh. what I think about. Like when I think of like Disney Indian movie, I think like Bollywood esque. Like okay, actually, kinda. I think that could be cool. I agree. I stand for that. Sorry, Eddie. I'm giving up on the Portuguese dream. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> it was never really my fight to fight, you know? Uh, well, now we have to ask ourselves a very important question, Sarah. I'm well, I guess it's going to be like, I think we should say like at the same time. Uh, yeah. Does this movie make it into the Disney Moms Gone Wrong Hall of Fame? Are we we'll counting say- to three and saying it? Or- yeah. So like. On three, we say it, or like after three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with let's say after three because you okay, have to okay, say okay. three. We can't be saying three and then say it at the same time. True. <laughs> okay, so after three. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that was an obvious one. <laughs> I will say. Okay, so let's read Diana's though, because I I am curious and I do think we should follow up and ask her. Okay. I am wondering what she would say if it would go in there. Because I think, like, I will put it in there just for how beautiful it is, the nostalgia. Like, and, you know, it was groundbreaking first interracial couple, as she said. Um, And so I I do think it's beautiful. This is what our queen, Miss Diana, has said. Being uneducated as a young child and into my adult life, I grew absolutely enamored by this movie. It was so flowy and colorful and beautiful. Knowing the real story changes the movie for me. The music is still beautiful, but the the movie has definitely lost some magic for me. Mm-hmm. And I could kind of see that as well, because it's like now you rarely find any Pocahontas merch. Yeah. And, and so I... I know it's one of those touchy, touchier movies now. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it could, like, it's not withstanding the test of time, I guess. Yeah, which is very sad. Like, Diana was saying, like, the true story of Pocahontas is a very sad story. Um, And I, I don't want to get, like, too, like, involved with, like, the history. Because we, like, we all know the the reality, right? Um, Which is that, you know, she was done wrong. but. Mm-hmm. we're not trying to like dismiss that in any way um i think the focus here is more of like how disney kind of re not recreated but like yeah recreated her the story into something so poetic and something so beautiful like diana was saying and the music yes every single song even like the ones that like where they go into battle and they see a little bit wars that are kind of meh. Um, yeah. Just like the rhythm of it. Like it hypes you up. Like where are yes. my drums? <laughs> I'm about boom, to start beating my boom. drums. <laughs> That's how I'm about to walk into the gym. I, <laughs> um, I just, yeah. It took five years to make. So that just tells you alone like how much work these people had. It. And fun yes. fact, 
Fun fact. And Diana might fight me about this. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Pocahontas and Lion King, the first Lion King, they were in production the same time. They were animators or like people, you know, people that draw yeah. the pictures or whatever. They were choosing to work for Pocahontas on the Pocahontas movie over Lion King because of the like colors and how detailed it is and how like how much like how the graphics are really like how there's so many like different um, like facial expressions, yes. different like movements or whatnot than working with the Lion King movie. I agree. And also, I don't because blame I them. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them. They made the correct choice, and B team got Lion King. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so I think that kind of wraps up our uh, our long uh, review about Pocahontas. I'm sorry, it's taking kind of long, but. It's such a good movie. I it could talk is. about it all day. I had the merch as a kid. I This movie was on repeat at my house when I was a kid. Like, yes. When the ice cream truck came around, I got, you know, the the ice the, creams. The one that you sent that you can, like, t- taste the cardboard lid. Yes. like Because you know you wanted every, like, taste of it. Every yeah. lick. And I you're, wanted- like, licking. Yeah. I wanted to lick all the leaves of the colors that were yeah. on my ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, guys. So if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast yes. at, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or the podcast Whatever app. Whatever else there is. Yeah. Leave us a review. Honestly, that really helps us to kind of like dial into what you guys like, what you don't like. Uh, what do you just guys want to talk about? Yeah. So it just kind of helps us be better, right? Because that's the whole point. We mm-hmm. got to be better than we were yesterday. Um, and our social media handles. On Twitter, we are at DMD. GW podcast. So Disney Moms Gone Wrong, the like acronym of it. Podcasts, our Insta is Disney Moms Gone Wrong. And our Facebook group is Disney Moms Gone Wrong. So go ahead over to our social media and kind of hang out with us. We usually post uh, like once or twice a day, more or less. Um, we post <laughs> but, something. Something, something. Uh, but that also keeps you engaged. Like Diane or Sarah was saying, uh, if you want to you know, review a specific thing, maybe a lost movie that we've forgotten. Uh, Cause that's, that, that kind of happens because Disney has a lot of good movies. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also have merch. I think our boss is going to put our uh, link tree in the show notes. That should take you to our merch website. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Just do it. You Just won't do regret it. it. Get a cup, get a t-shirt, represent. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> and again, we are so appreciative of our listeners. You guys have no idea what it means when we see our numbers, you know, how many people listen to our podcast from like different parts of the world. That like literally blows my mind. It really does. Mm-hmm. The fact that someone listens to this podcast in like Germany or some other country in Europe. Um, and I think there was one in like South America something like that i don't know um i might be lying on that one but anyways and everywhere <gasps> in the world that blows my mind this is so cool so share with your friends if you have any other disney moms or maybe disney dads i don't know uh that might be in into our reviews send them over <laughs> do it send them um so yeah we thank you thank you thank you guys so much we really thank appreciate you, you guys thank you oh and next movie is yes 
ratatouille. <gasps> I'm so excited. Yep, because you know your girl loves to cook and your girl loves to eat. <laughs> I like the eating more than the cooking. Same. But I love ratatouille. <gasps> so excited for this one. Tune in next time, guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.